What's going on guys? It is three o'clock in the morning here and I cannot sleep. So I had a lot of stuff on my mind and I wanted to at least pick one thing and, and just talk about it. Um, maybe then I'll feel a little bit better about myself. And what I, what I decided on, um, interestingly enough, is something that I think applies to everybody, but it really especially applies to young people. Um, so when I was 18 to 20 in that range, I was severely depressed. I mean, I, I wanted to end it. I fantasized about calling it quits on a daily basis. It was a, it was a constant thing. This wasn't like a little bit. This was, this was a constant thing. This was very, very, very serious. And it, the only thing that kept me going through all of that was the fact that I knew if I ended things that my family would be devastated and I couldn't do that. And so I suffered for years and I just, I couldn't figure out any way through it. And it was only by the grace of God that I was liberated from that. And that, that escape came in the form of tools It came in the form of resources of people giving me good advice, giving me ways that I could get better things that I could do to take control over my mind, over my mental health. And it, it wasn't some mysterious thing that just lifted one day. It was the fact that I changed. And that was really why I started the show was because I experienced that and I wanted to teach other people how I did it. And I wanted to take people on the journey of the continued development and improvement. And so that's been the whole point of this show. And I'll just point that out for everybody who doesn't know me too well and thinks that I'm just rude and I just, <laughs> I'm harsh and I like to make fun of people and that's my whole thing. And it's like, no, 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 no. I've been through it. I understand. I get it. But there's definitely a place for people being brutally honest and saying, no, like there, this is in your control. This is not depression is not a mysterious thing. Anxiety is not a mysterious thing. These are things that you have influence over. And the greatest lie that you have been told is that you can't control it. You have to medicate yourself. You have to suffer with it. You have depression. You have anxiety. You're stuck with it. You can't do anything about it. Um, this is a diagnosis, like a medical condition, and you're, you're just screwed. And that's not true. It's not true at all. And so one particular thing that I want to focus on, you know, the, one of the ways that I got through this, one of the ways that I got out of it was exactly what the Bible says to take every thought captive, to not let anything, anything negative, find any foothold in your mind, to not give purchase to any negativity, to anything that can bring you down, any low vibration, to be very aware of what goes on inside of your head, to, to be critical of it, to observe it, to think about it, to realize, hey, wh wh what is this thought that I'm having? Why is this going through my head? Where did this come from? What effect is it having on me? And if it's having a negative one, okay, I've got to change it, all right? I've got to think about something positive instead. And people say, oh, well, that's just positive thinking. It doesn't do anything. It absolutely does something. It changes everything because when your brain is filled with pessimism, is filled with things that upset you, that make you emotional, that bring you down, that puts you into a very unresourceful, unproductive state, that puts you in a very depressed state, puts you in a negative state, puts you in an anxious state, a lustful state, puts you in an angry state, um, whatever else, a fearful state. And so you've got to be very careful about the thoughts that you think. And I give tools in here all the time about how to do that. 
to sum it up very quickly, one, just being aware of it, two, forcing yourself like, hey, you have to have discipline over your mind. If you if you don't exercise control over your thoughts ever, you can't be surprised when it feels like you can't control your thoughts. It takes work. You have to practice this. And if you haven't practiced this your whole life, then you probably are not living a very fulfilled one. You're probably not very happy. You're probably not very stable. You're probably not um, at peace with yourself. You're probably not generally feeling as good as you could. Anyway, so I started to learn this and I started to become very aware of the influences that were affecting me. And one of the things that I noticed almost immediately was the music I listened to. The music is so important. And that's what I want to focus on today because there's a lot of BS about music out there today and about creativity, about art and about expressing yourself and about just just being a part of the culture of, of that this music is is involved with and i realized very quickly that the the music i was listening to was it was all sad like there was all it was breakups and there was you know addiction and this talks about um you know wanting to give up and like i don't know if i can do this anymore and it's like focusing on like the worst days and the worst moments of the artist's life. And people listen to it and they think, oh, I'm expressing this. I'm expressing this negativity. And what I realize is that you're not expressing it. You're feeding it. You're giving it energy. You're creating it in many cases. And I would be in a good mood and I go put the music on. And then the next thing I know, like I'm feeling down. And I didn't notice that when I wasn't being very careful to take every thought captive. I, I didn't notice that before. I spent my whole life, I, I was always, I was one of those teenagers, just like most teenagers, like, oh, music is my life. I love music. I'm all about music. It's just, this is how I express myself. I connect to this. And it feels like it's it's giving a voice to the things that I can't express. And I, you know, I love music so much. And I listen to all these bands. And I, I noticed very quickly, okay, like the hip hop's gotta go because it's 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 all just, you know the language and the, the the content and the themes and then I started okay let's listen to rock music and I listen to rock music and I'm like you know what this is all about depression this is all about breakups this is all about like addiction too it's like it's less explicit but it, it's still the themes are not any better and then I, I it kind of just went on and on from there and I tried to you know listen to different stuff and it just I couldn't find anything that was positive. And so fast forward a little while and I started to do better and then I started to go back downhill and I ended up being a degenerate working in nightclubs and, you know, doing all sorts of crazy stuff. I was DJing for several years and I remember when we DJed, like that was the only like hip hop that I listened to was what we played for work, right, for the club. And so I had this idea. I was young and it doesn't make any sense in hindsight. It's definitely not going to make any sense for me to say this. It's going to sound actually pretty ignorant, but the reality, I didn't think about it. And I I just kind of just assumed that the music I was playing was only played in clubs. Like I didn't think that people listened to it for some reason. Like it just didn't click for me, which is, it again, sounds very silly in hindsight, but it just didn't even occur to me that because I'm listening to this music and a lot of this is, you know, especially the female rappers, they're all strippers. Like that's, that's all they talk about. And then, you know, you, you know, even the, the male rappers, like it's all about the same stuff. It's about sex, drugs, rock and roll. Oh, well, I guess sex, drugs and hip hop, but it's like, it's like murder and violence and like, I'm the best and like all this narcissism and all this other stuff. And like, that's what we were playing. And don't get me wrong. Like 
it makes sense in a club. And I loved it. And I was having a, a lot of fun with it. And I was just, you know, I was out there, I was watching, you know, I was getting fights with people all the time. I was doing drugs all the time. I was watching girls, you know, twerk and dry hump other men all night. And I was just like, yeah, this makes total sense with the music that we're playing. This, this just fits. And then I, I, I remember walking around the streets in Charlotte and I heard somebody drive down the street playing this song about like, it was about, a, it was a, written by some stripper. It was about stripping. And I remember thinking, people listen to this? Like, they just sit in their car and listen to this? Like, this is disgusting. This is, this is the, what we fill our minds with. And I started to like, to think about it, like, why? Why is this a society that we live in where we're, we're, we're filling our mind constantly with this negative stuff? And I turned like, you can't listen to anything, it seems like. You try to say, okay, well, it's not that genre. It's, it's all of it. You try to turn, okay, let's, just, let's listen to rock music. I love heavy metal. I do. I love Slipknot. And I try to listen to Slipknot for a while. I was like, well, this is just making me angry. Like, this is all about, well, I'm expressing my anger. It's like, no, it's not. You're feeding your anger. Just like the other stuff is feeding your lust. Okay, let's listen to Linkin Park. Well, it's feeding other stuff. You know, we all know what happened to Chester Bennington. Like, he's expressing the worst, the worst parts of himself. And it's like, why do you need to express that? You don't need to express that. You need to deal with that. You need to manage that. And expression can be a very small part of that. But when you are focusing all of your attention, all of your creative resources on that thing, and then playing it over and over and over again, and maybe you're the person that, that listens to it. You're the recipient of it. You're going through a hard time. You're going through a breakup. You're dealing with um, you know, alcoholism or something like that. And you hear that and you think, wow, I connect to this. This makes so much sense to me. This feels right. This is giving a voice to something that I can't articulate. And it's like, if you do that maybe once or twice, that might be a good cathartic moment for you. But when you just listen to it over and over and over again, and it's like, okay, I'm in a good mood. Let's go to work. And I played this song. It's like, well, now I'm in a negative state. Oh, it doesn't affect me that much. This is, this is my emotional release. This is how I get it out of my system before I get to work. No, it's not. This is how you instigate that same pattern of behavior over and over and over again. It keeps you stuck in this loop. It keeps you in what? In emotional states. And that's exactly the state that makes you easy to manipulate. It makes you easy to influence. It makes you easy to control. Because when you're in an emotional state, your emotional brain can only think about five seconds into the future. So you're stuck thinking about five seconds into the future. So you're not good at planning anything. So if you feel sad and you're listening to a negative, to a depressing song, and you are engaging those emotions, and you can only, like, you can understand that there's more beyond that five seconds, but you're not operating from that 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 place of reason you're operating from a lower more primal um way of thinking you're operating from that emotional state and so you can you can have this idea that something 20 years in the future is there and you might know intellectually that it could get better you don't feel that you don't relate to it it does not resonate with you you and anybody who's ever struggled with depression knows this you can look and imagine like, what if it all works out? What if I get the job I want? What if I get the, the girl or the guy that I want? What if I have the house, I have the life, I have all the stuff, like everything works out fine. And you imagine that future, but it still feels like, well, I'll still be depressed, right? That, that, that's how it feels. That's what depression is. It's hopelessness and it feels like it will never lift. 
And so, and like anxiety could be like, well, I look at that and imagine, well, I'm still afraid. Like, what, what, what if I lose it? And it's like, well, do I even want to get it if I'm going to lose it? And so the point that I'm making here is that you've got to be extremely careful, extremely careful about what you allow to influence you. You have to be very careful about the media that you take in because it's not insignificant. It's actually very important. When Plato wrote The Republic, he has a chapter in there that's all about music. And when I read that the first time, I thought, well, that's kind of silly. Why would you tell uh, that's so like I thought it was very like controlling and oppressive that you would say you can only play certain kinds of music. But in hindsight, I start to see the benefit to that, because if you control the music, you control the population, because if you can control what type of, of, of media is put out there, you control the emotional content of the society. You can control how that that person, how that entire um, culture feels, which means that you can control them. So if you only allow, if you are the leaders and you only allow through money, through power, through influence, whatever, stuff that is going to put people in an angry state, in a lustful state, in a depressed state, well, that's not a competition for you. It's easy to manipulate somebody who's angry. You can point them in any direction that you want. It's easy to manipulate somebody who's in a state of passion and lust because, well, they're only going to be interested in one thing. It's easy to control somebody who's very depressed and doesn't think that the world's going to get any better. There's no point in trying. So, hey, don't worry. We'll take care of things for you. Don't don't worry about it. We've, we've got this. You just, you just exist. You'll be fine. Go back to your apartment. Sit down. Live your boring life. It'll be okay. Here's a box dinner for you. Enjoy some ramen. And so Plato goes really in depth into it, and I won't get too far into it, but he talks about like you can, in this ideal society that he's envisioning, you can only play certain music, you can only play certain chords, you can only play certain progressions, certain scales, and these are the ones that are uplifting. These are the ones that have a positive impact. And my first thought as a musician was like, well, that's kind of stifling. Like, I like to play you know, other stuff. And I would like to, to be allowed to play other stuff. Certainly, I don't want the government telling me that I can't. But again, this is a philosophical idea. It's not an actual political movement. He's just saying, look, if you were to really get the perfect society, part of that means that you have to be careful about the music that you play, because you can have everything going great for you. And if all of a sudden, a sensational musician comes along playing a negative low vibrational type of music, he or she can bring everyone down. He it, That shifts everything because if that's what everyone is listening to, that is a very powerful impact. It's a very, it's an influence that you can't get away from. Even if you're not actively participating in it, it has an effect on you. Even just being around it, you don't have to enjoy it. But the thing is that we do enjoy music. We do, we, we like it. And, and I understand where people are coming from when they listen to it, because I, I do it too, and I have my whole life, but I, I want to make a couple points with that. Like one is I'm really deeply concerned for young people, especially like, like teenagers that are trying to figure their lives out. They don't have a solid sense of identity. They're looking for that sense of identity. They're trying to develop it. They're trying to find who they are outside of their family, outside of the people that they grew up with, outside of what they were born into. They'd say, I want to be independent, right? I want to know who I am 
if you take away everything else. That's 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 what the teenage rebellion is all about. It's a healthy thing. It's a necessary thing. The problem is that when you're a teenager, you're kind of an idiot. Like, um, I, I'm not saying that to be mean. Like, you, you just are. Like, I was, certainly. I still am. And I still feel sometimes like, oh, man, like, I, I feel like I should have grown out of this by now. And I haven't. And so you pick something that's just opposite to what you grew up with and say, okay, this is what I pick, right? I was told not to listen to this type of music. I was told not to associate with this type of of person, um, with this philosophy, with this political party, whatever. And so, like, I'm just going to adopt the opposite. And that's kind of – and they feel – I certainly did. They feel like they're – they're doing something rebellious and it's very actually predictable. And so the, the true rebellion is to actually just be smart from the beginning and not make all those dumb mistakes. But um, that's neither here nor there. The point is that I'm, I'm very deeply concerned because the music that we have, and this is one of the reasons I'm up so late. Um, I've, I'm very troubled by the state of the world in general, just to be perfectly honest. I'm going through something. I don't know, but like, I just, there's so many problems and I st- I'm feeling an increased responsibility to address them and to have an impact and to have some kind of sway with people because I know I do have some influence here. And that's one of the things that's very terrifying about having a platform like this is that I do have an impact and I have to be careful what I say, but it's also a tremendous responsibility knowing that if I don't say something that should be said, then that's on me. And that like, if I was holding back, then whatever negative consequences occur because of my lack of action that that's on my conscience and so it's a it's a tough situation it's very tricky but i'm very concerned because i know that people you know they're they're getting older and they're starting to realize like hey i've got i've got like especially when you're young and this applies later on but like you're you're trying to figure out why you feel the way you do and there's like Growing up is very painful. There's no way around that. It's very confusing. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, and you don't understand any of it. You don't understand why you feel the way you do. You feel like you're in inner turmoil all the time. Your hormones are raging. You're doing all this. The, the, these new you're in new situations. You're you're experiencing new things. You're having to be challenged in new ways. You're having to be more independent to rely on yourself. And it's just it's. It's chaos. It really is. It's a growing process. It's essential. You have to go through that. Um, but when you fill your brain with negative, low vibrational stuff, like the, the music that's so popular nowadays, that has a lasting impact on you. That corrupts your your mind forever, right? Like to, to fix that is so difficult. It's like it's easier to never do drugs than it is to stop doing drugs. It's easier to just stay away from all the stuff that is tempting and is appealing and is exciting, it's fun, it's different, right? Like there's there's like it's kind of like attractive in a sense. But you can kind of also tell that it's not good for you. It's so much easier to stay away from that than it is to disentangle yourself. And that's probably a losing battle to argue that because people kind of have to make mistakes. There's gonna be a there's gonna be some here and there that learn from other people's mistakes, but in general um, you're, you're probably going to make them and, and figure it out as you go. That's certainly what I've done. And I'm still making those mistakes. I'm still learning from <laughs> the ones I've already made, um, that I keep making. And so that's a process that that's, that's, that's whatever. But I'm very concerned because when you look around at like, what are the influences that you allow into your, into your life? 
Is it the music? Is it the TV you watch, right? Like we don't want to take accountability for that stuff. We want to say that our mental health issues are because of something external or because of something that we can't control because they seem mysterious. It seems like, well, why does like things are going well? Why am I fearful? Why am I anxious, right? Like these are all my friends. Why do I have social anxiety? Why am I so nervous about saying the wrong thing around these people? Why, like I, Everything is going well for me. I've got a good relationship. I've got good friends. I've got a good job. I'm making money. I'm doing whatever. I have good hobbies. Like, I have some contentment. I've got a family. Why am I depressed? Right? Like, there's no reason for it. And that's that's where it becomes very strange. It's like, it seems mysterious. It seems like there's something there. And it's like, it's just inevitable. You can't get away from it. And that's definitely what, what culture would have you believe. Partially because at the top... It makes you easy to control. And at the bottom, it's because, well, I don't have to take responsibility for anything. I don't have to take accountability for my role that I play in this. Because beating this stuff is hard, okay? Dealing with mental health issues is difficult. There's no way around that. And it's really silly to think that we can just medicate ourselves into perfection. It's not possible. And in reality, when people talk about using those medications, they, they don't get that much better. Like, it takes the edge off. But they're still dealing with the same stuff. Just it's they're just a little bit numb to it. And you have to ask yourself, if that's you, what is the underlying problem? And if you fixed it, do you think that maybe you wouldn't have that issue anymore? And the the problem is that these forces are invisible. The things that influence us, they're they're hard to see. It's called the unconscious for a reason. You're not aware of it. So the music that you that you take in, you may not even notice that there's a physiological change that occurs when you start to hear certain lyrics or when you watch a, a certain uh, television show, a certain movie, because these are all very symbolic things. These are emotional things, and that is the language that the unconscious speaks. It doesn't it doesn't think logically. It doesn't think in terms of like um, it doesn't use higher reasoning skills. It doesn't use language. It uses emotions. It uses symbols. And so when you when you turn your brain off to listen to music or to watch TV, whatever you're taking in is, is just sinking directly into the core of your being because there's no filter up because you're not paying attention. You're not you're not like keeping out the stuff that shouldn't be there. If you're listening to a political debate, you're going to have your you have you have a certain amount of attention that's directed towards that right like you are analyzing things you are evaluating what is what is being said and done when you listen to music you don't have that same attentiveness right you're not sitting there criticizing saying what are they really trying to say what is this person's intention right is it good that the that this guy or this girl who is going through an incredibly difficult time is venting and making it into art and then filling my brain with it. It doesn't really make sense when you put it in that context, does it? And yet we still listen to all this music that brings us down. So what I want you to do is start paying attention. Start listening to the music that you listen to and then think about what they're saying. Think about what influence it has on you. How do you feel while you're listening to it? Maybe you feel hyped up a little bit. Okay, but why? Why do you have that surge in emotion? Where is that coming from? Because I can listen to something that is, I don't know, 
that is that is geared, let's say, towards lust, and that can make me feel excited. That can make me feel more energetic. But why? It, what what part of me is that is that activating? Is that bringing to the surface? Because if it's bringing something that's that could that could make me energized, but also distracted and focused on a particular thing that is not necessarily healthy, well, that could be a problem, especially if I'm not paying attention to it. And people try to justify this all the time, and I, and I definitely have too, so I can't, I can't say anything, I can't judge, but it does irk me. It gets on my nerves when people are like, well, no, that's just my release, it's my expression, it's my whatever, it doesn't actually mean anything, it's blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, it actually does. And the type of music that you listen to says something about you. The, the, the content that you choose to fill your brain with, that describes your character because that is an, a, an intentional choice that you are making. And so if that's not something, if you're not willing to cut out the small stuff and say, you know what, this music brings me down, I'm not listening to it anymore. Well, do you really have a right to, to be confused when you can't figure out why you're depressed? Right? Do you get to say, oh, well, it's something mysterious when you've opened up all of these, these portals, you've opened up all of these gates of entry for there's the songs, there's the media, and then there's social media, which is a whole nother topic, but you can see where I would go with that, obviously. Then you look at your friends, the people that you spend time with, you know, the, the types of activities that you choose to engage with, the thoughts that you allow in your head, right? Like I have had a few situations this week where I was super frustrated and I was very angry with somebody. And I just, I had to let it go. And it's not that it just magically disappears and I don't have any frustration, but I, I make the intentional choice that I'm not going to focus on that. I'm, I go home, I'm still thinking about that person that screamed at me. You know what, that was wrong, but I've done things I shouldn't do they're living in a hateful hateful state that's that's punishment enough i need to deal with this thinking about it is not going to help anything right thinking about my breakup from two years ago from six months ago from 10 years ago it, it happened maybe i can still learn something from it but playing it over and over again in my head and then listening to, to songs that that bring that emotion up like oh yeah this used to mean so much to me it's like yes when i wanted to die <laughs> <laughs> why am I putting myself back in that state? It doesn't make any sense. And yet we do it all the time. And we act like it doesn't have an influence. We act like there's no consequences to that. That's not true. There are absolutely consequences to it. There is a cause and effect to everything. So take every thought captive. Be very careful what you allow to influence you. That is all, folks. It's still about 3.30, 4 in the morning. Oh, it's about 4 in the morning. I'm going to try to sleep. If not, maybe I'll make another episode. Let me know what you guys think. Um, I appreciate all the support that I've had lately. Let me know if there's anything I can do for you. Good luck.